0: Welcome to Honestly Haunted.
1: Welcome back to Honestly Haunted states are opening back up, Abby and I are still being cautious and not visiting places. Instead, we've decided to do a tour of the United States from our homes. Each episode will bring you a tale from a different state. This week, we're starting with my home state of New York to bring you a tale I actually grew up with: Pigman Road in Angola, New York.
0: So Erin has actually been here and can tell us a lot about her experiences and what growing up with this legend was like. But let's start with the actual history first.
1: Absolutely. The road this legend is about, called Holland Road, actually had a real-life tragedy known as the Angola Horror.
0: On December 18th, 1867, at a little after 3 p.m., a train on the Lakeshore Express line ran over a frog in the track, which is essentially just a crossing point of two rails. One of the wheels, likely one that had some kind of defect of its own, hit the frog in a way that jarred the wheel loose. It began to vibrate, and the friction of the wheel then damaged the track, causing the end car to derail.
1: The back carts began to rock terribly, and people were thrown around like ragdolls inside the train. The end car detached from the train, but not before pulling heavily on the rest of the train. Once it detached, the rest of the train lurched wildly forward, The end car toppled many times before falling into the icy gorge below.
0: Due to this imbalance, the second-to-last car began to slide down the embankment, tipped over, and then rolled down into the gorge as well.
1: The end car began to burn, and any survivors from the initial fall then began to burn to death. Kerosene from the gas lamps burned inside the car, and passengers had no way to escape.
0: Villagers from the area ran to the scene and tried to help, but the heat from the flames made it difficult for anyone to get near.
1: People who witnessed the tragedy claim that there were at least five minutes of screaming, crying, and moaning heard from those dying in the gorge.
0: Only three of the more than 50 passengers in the in-car survived, and at the end, over 50 people were killed, but the exact number is not known, and more than 100 people were injured.
1: The charred bodies were put in wooden boxes, sometimes two or three to one box, and brought into temporary morgues in Buffalo. People lined up to try and see and identify those lost. Unfortunately, at least 17 of the bodies were never identified, and they lay in an unmarked grave in Forest Lawn Cemetery.
0: John D. Rockefeller was almost a victim to the Angola horror. He was late for the train that morning, and though he missed it, his luggage didn't. His luggage burned with the others, and had he been on the train, he would have been in the end car that led to so many deaths.
1: So, the Angola Horror was a horrific event, but how exactly did it lead to the tale of Pigman? I can say that no one in Angola completely agrees. There are quite a few different origin tales, but... Here's the one that most closely relates to the actual events that happened.
0: The part of the train tracks where this horror occurred were owned by the Derricks family. And as the tale goes, the Derricks were punished by fate for this event in the birth of a deformed child.
1: On April 17th, 1913, Loring and Betsy Derricks became parents. Though that should have been a joyful event, it turned dark, as the child was born with extreme facial deformities, including a swine-like split nose and cleft lip.
0: The midwife, Mrs. McMahon, who assisted in the child's birth, was so shocked by the child's face that she vowed to never serve as a midwife again. She even wrote letters to medical professionals begging them to commit or lock away the baby, William.
1: That is harsh. As William grew up, he befriended a butcher in town and became an assistant butcher. He worked mostly on cleanup, but not really cutting the meat. Though this may be where the association of pigman being a butcher of all sorts came from.
0: William actually became an act for P.T. Barnum and Ripley in his 20s for their oddity shows. But the stress of travel and less than stellar living conditions led him back to Angola, where he became a night watchman at a landfill.
1: History and legend begins to blur after this. It's unknown if William was actually the perpetrator of any of the Pigman tales, but he was likely the person that these myths were built upon.
0: 1950s Angola had been suburbanized. William had actually married, but him and his wife began to collect odd items. Some of them were things collected from his time as a sideshow act, But his work at a landfill also meant he had had access to things thrown out. He and his wife became essentially hoarders.
1: In order to keep people off his property and protect his valuable items, William began to do some really odd things. One of these things included putting pig heads on spikes along the driveway.
0: William's wife died in 1966, and reportedly William buried her illegally on his property.
1: In the early 1970s, only two residencies existed still in the area of the Angola Horror on Holland Road. One of these was Williams.
0: Due to the lack of residency and not much being around, it became a hotspot for teens to hang out, take drugs, drink, and make out.
1: That's where the stories of a monster, or a pigman, began to circulate. Many claim to have seen a deformed man walking up to their cars and banging on the windows, No reports of actual harm were documented, but police questioned William on numerous occasions. In
0: 1972, two local teens, Jacob Nesmith and Melissa Mallory, reported that they had pulled over in the area of Holland Road to read a map because they were lost. Flames and smoke started to surround their vehicle. They said they pulled out of the fire, trying to leave, but were blocked in by a black pickup truck without any license plates. The truck flashed its brights at them, and they eventually got away, but it was clear that the truck was trying to do harm.
1: The teens filed a police report, but the police couldn't find a truck. They did, however, find scorched grass and gravel in the spot the teens named. The police went to William's house, but he wasn't home, and the incident was never resolved.
0: That same year, the first missing persons report associated with the area also occurred. A traveling salesman disappeared after being seen on the route close to William's house, though no no one knows for sure whether or not he visited William.
1: On Halloween night of 1973, a mysterious fire broke out at the Derrick's residence. By the time help arrived, it was too late, and the house was burned to its foundation. But no sign of any bodies were ever found.
0: Strange sightings of Pigman had occurred ever since. Strange enough, exactly five years later, on Halloween again, the only remaining house on the road also burned down. Weirdly, though, all of the items from inside were found scattered on the lawn in small, organized piles. The owner had been away on vacation, so who could have done such a thing? Was it Pigman?
1: Since then, the myths and strange happenings in the area of Pigman Road have persisted. There have been reports of strange animal carcasses found, piles of odd trash travelers of all sorts camping in wooded areas and more. This place has become a place for teens to visit on Halloween night to try and see if they can summon Pigman.
0: People say that a phantom vehicle haunts them coming in and out of the tunnels on the road. Mysterious lights or fires can be found both in the woods and on the road itself. Shadowy figures have been seen on the bridges. Sightings of Pigman himself have been reported doing various things like walking, driving, picking up trash, or perhaps the most frightening, trying to flag down your vehicle.
1: Phantoms speeding and stopping trains over the bridge have also been reported. People have seen figures jumping from the bridge and the train. Others say they've collided with animals, but when they get out, there's nobody to be found.
0: Another common story is about people being out of place appearing on the road. For example, twin girls playing, a tall slender man with a hat and a clipboard who stops to watch you pass, a very young boy walking alone with a stick or fishing pole, and a large black dog who sits on the road and watches you pass, often showing up every couple of feet without actually walking to those spots.
1: That's actually really in line with one of the scariest stories I've ever heard about Pigman Road. This was actually told to me by my sociology teacher in high school. If you're listening to this, Mr. Burst, I still remember the story, though I'll probably butcher it, and Model United Nations is still really cool. So, uh, this story was, was told to our class, and kind of to preface this, our favorite part of sociology, both the teacher's favorite part and often the student's favorite part, was talking about urban legends and myths and how those come to be. So... Mr. Burst told us about this story that he had of the first time he went down Holland Road because apparently he had to go visit a parent and he had to drive down this road. He, He wasn't landing on this road. As we talked about, there weren't really residencies, but he had just moved to the area. Driving down this road, he had to stop because there was this group of teenagers, like a big group, in a circle and they were kind of blocking the roadway it's a pretty narrow road and he kind of beeped their hor- he's his horn and they didn't and and they didn't like respond or look at him and he was getting kind of annoyed he was running late to a meeting he actually had to go and meet somebody um, and so he got out of the car. And when he got out of the car, he started walking toward this group because he was an adult and he was a teacher and he was getting ready to be like, Oh, you know, get out of the way. I, I need to drive past. What are you doing? Loitering. And as he started to approach the group, he noticed that all of these teenagers were in full black and they looked really gaunt and they had black eyes.
0: What? And
1: so they started to stare at him with these black eyes. And he just, he he felt like ice cold. He felt very, very scared. And he got back into his car without saying anything. And they kept staring at him, but eventually moved out of the way so that he could drive past. And when he got to this woman's house... He was like, I'm sorry, I'm late. I had this really weird experience. And before he could say anything, she looked at him and said, was it the group of black-eyed children? What? Yeah. And he was like, what (laughs) so so that's always kind of been my favorite story of that road because his he said that his this experience happened before he really knew any of the tales about about this road like i said you know growing up in the area um we definitely heard about pigman road and everything but this was before he really was introduced to any of that and and so that's always kind of one of my favorite stories of this
0: um well, you talking about the honking made me think of something else that we read in our research that we didn't talk about earlier. But it's it's kind of a a, a Bloody Mary sort of thing. But if you allegedly drive your car through one of the tunnels and honk a sequence of thirteen times, that's how you essentially summon Pigman. Although, why you would want to summon Pigman? Yeah, man. I
1: I don't I don't know why anybody would want to summon Pigman. So I I feel like as as somebody who lived there, I should kind of describe. The road a little bit to, to people. It's a really strange road and it, it's got these two it, it's got these tunnels and and they're really narrow and and there's obviously road and stuff above because that's where the train tracks are and were um but even though it's a two way road, these tunnels are really, really narrow. So they're kind of stone and and when you're going through them, only one car can fit and like barely, it's it's very small, very narrow. And so as you're driving normally, kind of outside of this like 13 honks for bloody pig man, you know, you, you have to actually honk anyway, because you have to let oncoming traffic know that you're about to come through the tunnel because two cars can physically not be <laughs> in the tunnel at the same time. And so you have to honk. And that's always been kind of like freaky to me every time I've had to go down this road. That that in itself, I feel like kind of makes you feel uneasy, not related to the paranormal, just because it's actually kind of dangerous to, to right. drive down a road like that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, tunnels in general are kind of f- freaky or yeah. it's just yeah, the the imagery and how your eyes can kind of play tricks on you going through such like a reduced vision, you know, all of a sudden just kind of, but the pictures and we'll post them on our Facebook page are of this location. Like, yeah, it would freak pretty much anybody out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I, I drove down this road many times just out of necessity. Um, like just trying to get from one place to another. But I do have also a couple of times where I went specifically for and because the Pigman legend really yeah yeah it, it's kind of like a rite of passage thing in in the area as as we talked about it became a place for like teens to go for various different reasons and I was a goody two-shoes um so I didn't go to, you weren't like, going
0: to make out are I you was sure totally
1: going to make out <laughs> um, no so so I was not going for any of those types of purposes but me and my friends would go to, to kind of explore the area. I mean, we are hosting a podcast about, uh, haunted places. I've always kind of been this way. So I went with friends on Halloween night. Uh, I, have actually be- been twice on Halloween. Um, I went once with friends and then I went once with my sister and, and brother-in-law, uh, on, on Halloween nights. And, You know, honestly, nothing really happened. Um, I, I don't, I didn't have any kind of weird experiences. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time there because we thought that on Halloween night there could be some more criminal activity and we didn't want to be like caught loitering or anything. Um, I definitely saw, like, people milling around. But again, it was Halloween night at picnic. Everybody's Road. looking
0: to do something a little...
1: Exactly. A little
0: exhilarating on Halloween.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so I, I never had really an experience there. But I do remember one time when I went with friends, we kind of went and it was it was day ish, kind of maybe almost evening. um, And we did pull over. And we started walking a little bit into the wooded area, there's kind of this like blocked off path. Mm -hmm. um, Which, which is interesting, because I didn't know much about the actual residencies of these places. And so hearing about the fact that there were two homes, and and that like, those locations have since kind of been lost there. This was a pathway like this, this was an actual kind of pathway. And part of me is like, Oh man, was this like an old driveway or something? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of blocked off by a metal barrier, you know, kind of those low ones on roads. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you kind of walk back up past that, it's, kind of a pathway. It's overgrown. It kind of leads into like a wooded area. And that's also kind of where you could go up to the top part. You could kind of walk up the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I've done that and I've like walked in that area and I've walked on top over the bridge. I did that once at night and there was like a ton of snow because Buffalo (laughs) Fair. Fair. and, and, uh, again, nothing really happened to me. I didn't really have an experience, but I was also very young each time, so I, I didn't know exactly Everything. what to look for or anything.
0: I always think these these kinds of stories are really interesting because there is kind of a common thread in American lore of these types of, of creatures or monsters or men who you know, frequent areas in which teenagers could get up to no good, and you oh, almost, absolutely. and it's it's kind of they're cautionary tales, yeah. right? And it's you can't help if they're like perpetuated by adults in the community being like, let's discourage our teenagers from making out and doing drugs and drinking alcohol, and let's help circulate you know these kind of stories. But like, you know, teenagers. We do that all on our own. Like we, we love stories like this. And Absolutely. The you know the idea. I say we. I'm not a teenager anymore, but as a teenager, <laughs> I did enjoy. As somebody
1: who once was a teenager,
0: as as a, once a youth.
1: Hello, fellow
0: youth. Hello, youth. <laughs> But you, it seems like lots of communities have these locations like make out point and oh, yeah. you know where they would go. But these stories, you know, you think of like Hook Man, you know, that yeah. leaves a you know a dangling butcher's a hook on the door.
1: And that's totally what this is. This is this is an urban legend for Angola. Like if you went to Lakeshore High School, you knew about the urban legend of, right. of, of Pigman. And and when I was in high school, it also became even more prevalent because around that time is when um, a, a book about the Angola horror was published and so there were like these kind of like mini publicity events that were happening and that was about the train wreck you know that yeah. was about the actual history and, and the Rockefeller connection and everything but it totally resurfaced this whole other level of then the legends and the myth that come after it and I remember going to like an event for the book opening um, because it happened It happened there and it was kind of a big deal Like th- this was a local legend that kind of put us on the map even though it was horrific um yeah. but it definitely resurfaced all of these urban legends surrounding it as well.
0: That's something I think we Aaron and I both found rewarding as going through some of these stories is finding kind of the nugget of truth oh, or yeah. the, the historical event that is the catalyst of these legends or myths coming about. So it's like, there really was a man named William Derrick, Which and he- I had
1: no idea about, honestly. So, so I had heard a myriad of things about the origins of Pigman. I heard about a man who was kind of crazy and, and wanted to put and put like heads on spikes so that people wouldn't come to his property. No idea that any of this was based on a nugget of truth. And, and then like, I also heard all sorts of things, you know, there, one of the things I heard was, that a man who was actually like pulling bodies out of the river after the train accident. And he like put, brought the bodies to his house right. and that's why. And, and he like kind of sewed them together or like butchered Ugh. them up and, and again, but then like the, there's this idea of him being like a butcher, which again, kind of uh, the nugget of truth of this actual person did work in a butcher shop. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting because I had no idea that there Was this real person behind some of this?
0: Yeah. And then that we take, you know, a lot of times we take these things that do happen in our communities, like, you know, the train accident in that they stem or they affect the area so deeply that people easily can connect any other odd occurrence with the main tragic event that occurred. There, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, which I think is exactly like what we deal with now. Cause it's like the weight of it is that, you know, 50, maybe a few more people died in this area, yeah. you know, all at once. And it was very tragic and the community, you know, reeled from it. And this is a it. small
1: town. Like I, I should stress that right now. In- Angola is a small town. We are kind of only known for this and for being right on Lake Erie. So like people from buffalo sometimes come through during the summers for for the beach but we are a very very small town i think my like my graduating class was only a little bit over 250 students so i it's a small town. We're close to Buffalo. We're we're really not that far. New York small towns are different than small towns in Texas, but for New York, we were a very small town. Yeah, and so having this kind of big event it was a big deal. You you talk to somebody there about the Angola Horror or Pigman Road, and they're like, they have their own stories. Oh, absolutely. One of the cool things about doing this story uh, at a place that I. Lived in is that I still have many connections there. So we kind of have a a field correspondent for us. An affiliate. Yeah, we have an affiliate for us this week, and we actually have somebody visiting Pigman Road for us. While we cannot go there ourselves due to all of the craziness in the world, my good friend Tori who also went to high school with me and grew up in the area and grew up with these stories. She was actually one of the people that I visited this road with uh probably many times. <laughs> <laughs> she has graciously uh said that she would go and do a visit for us. So here's a little bit from her visit.
2: Good evening. This is field correspondent Tori Hahn coming to you live, well, sort of, from Pigman Road, a.k.a. Holland Road in Angola, New York. I am joined here with my assistant to the field correspondent, a.k.a. my boyfriend. So we are on Holland Road currently, uh, probably about uh, 100, 150 yards away from the haunted tunnel um just a little background i've been here a few times before this is mike's first time uh experiencing the pigman road there are a few houses on this road all of them have uh signs that were on camera and <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've not been to this uh, this neck of the woods, if you will, and uh, I see a lot of uh, open kind of nature on sides of roads with a ton of signs that say "Stay out of the nature." Uh, presumably, it is owned by uh, the folks here. Some of these houses are missing house skin. What do you call those, like siding and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. it's uh, <laughs> it's odd. If not for some of the modern-looking vehicles, I would assume some are abandoned. I, d- I don't mean to speak ill if, uh, if any of them are listeners, but uh, it adds to the ambiance, it does.
2: So I guess we'll approach the tunnel.
3: So um, also, for anybody who didn't grow up around here, we're, we are uh, kind of stationary uh, away from the tunnel. The road, there's nothing on either side of the road except for some power lines on the left side here, and the road just seems to come to a pinpoint and turn into a little black hole. That's what it looks like to me, and it's terrifying. Just like the road itself is unnerving. Like if I was driving and came across that, I don't know. I don't know. I I think I'd driven into a storybook or or something ridiculous.
2: Yeah, this is mildly ominous. Like that's moderately ominous. Um, there is a driveway we are just passing now Um, there's an old gate that's kind of broken um, preventing anybody from going up the driveway Um, looks uh, kind of abandoned um, but a lot of things in Angola look kind of abandoned so the sun is starting to go down here um, I'm sorry
3: a one lane bridge?
2: yes Okay. Um so
3: That's my first one of those uh,
2: when you come up to the bridge, it you're on a two lane road. Um like I said, it's pretty remote so there's no lines on the road. Um there's obviously no sidewalks, it's just some paved road and it kind of if you were to just drive straight, you would drive straight into the side of the bridge.
3: turns pretty quick. Um, the road recommends 10, 10 miles an hour. I advise you to do the same if you, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, okay. If, if it was nighttime, we wouldn't be able to see any of this. No, I mean, aside that's, from headlights, that's what makes
2: it mu- so fun to drive through, regardless of the pig man. Oh, I see. Um, so the, the legend of the pig man says that in order to summon him... His holy pigness. Um, Pig pig man on
3: campus.
2: (laughs) um, You need to beep your horn three times and then drive through the tunnel. Also, um, this bridge, as you go underneath it, there are... um, What is
3: that? What is that? That's the creepiest looking tunnel thing next to the other tunnel thing.
2: So, underneath the bridge and it's kind of hard to describe it's very overgrown trees um the bridge is a a railroad bridge um so there's train tracks above it and then kind of on the right side of the road there's another bridge uh there's kind of a, a creek waterway and I think that's Generous (laughs) Generous <laughs> to call it a creek waterway. It looks like at one point water was involved. At one point there was some water there, um, but it's very overgrown. It kind of looks like something out of a horror movie. Um, there's a bunch
3: of things look like they're out of a horror. Movie.
2: Trees galore. All of the tree roots are kind of visibly growing on the side of
3: it's very strange. This it's
2: ravine strange. and into and over the second mini tunnel um it's
3: very it's very odd to describe like the like the tunnels uh how many feet in front of us like 30 feet in front of us yeah if we so we're we're kind of hanging out on the road here if we were to go left there is a tiny servicey looking road with another creepy scary gate Uh, going straight ahead uh, the tunnel, which immediately curves. So right now we're right in front of the tunnel. We can only see about 10 feet inside because it curves, uh, which is a little unsettling. Um, And then if we were to turn right and go through the guardrail, we would go into the ravine slash this tunnel that is pointed like right at us. But there's enough overbrush that I can't even see what's in the tunnel other than darkness.
2: I'm pretty sure that's where the clown from It lives. There's not really a safe way to get... Through the tunnel without beeping the horn. Um, Yeah, this is narrow. I am uncomfortable. For for the sake of summoning Mr. Pigman, Mm -hmm. we will beep the horn three times. And then drive through. I'm going to hand over this recording device to my assistant.
3: To the field
2: Assistant to the field correspondent.
3: That's right. Uh. Okay. And what is that other creepy tunnel for? Why is it there? What is it doing? It's, it's probably just a angle.
2: water. It's a water.
3: Oh, now we're lined up to it, so I can see even further inside. That it's just dark as hell, like very far <sighs> back in there.
2: Um. Also, all of the road signs. Does it look like red on the sign?
3: It does look like red on the bottom of the sign. It's like. Uh, it could be blood. It's probably blood. It's
2: um. Like bacon grease. So all of the road signs are kind of. Uh, overgrown and uh as we were approaching them the all of the trees and um growth from the surrounding area i guess were kind of covering up the signs for the bridge so if yeah we I... didn't know this was here we probably would have just road right into it.
3: Well, if it were me, who's never been on this road, I'd have said, hey, why does the road turn into nothing in a pinhole of uh, of just blankness? And then we would have gotten even closer, and I probably would have turned around. Like, if I had business on the other side of, of this road, I, I'd, I'd take the long way around.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do this, shall we?
3: Sure. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and get close enough to read uh, on the left by the... Way. Oh. <laughs> That's three. knock Knock. wow that's a narrow tunnel what happens when two people need to go this at one time
2: I feel like that might be why the the beeping legend started um yeah so now we we, that is
3: a hairpin turn in a tunnel mm -hmm. that exists for people to die in yes also to go onto the railroad but primarily probably
2: Oddly enough, though, there is a different turn in Angola called Dead Man's Curve, and it is not the one we just went through.
3: What do they say? One good turn deserves another?
2: So we're just kind of uh, creeping down this road now.
3: Well, we've pa- Yeah, we've passed we've through the tunnel. It's a gone- very short tunnel.
2: It is very short. Um, it's
3: terrifying because you wouldn't know. Like It looks like the start of a labyrinth because it's just an immediate turn.
2: Yes. Um, so it's kind of like a swampy area. There is a lot of uh, like standing water. Oh, there's some bales of hay. So now we are approaching the second tunnel.
3: Oh, as a policeman. So we got to experience Ooh. what it's like when another car uh, comes down this incredibly narrow road. And
2: the road has gotten narrower. Thank God has. it was an
3: officer of the law. Yes. Uh, which, um, uh, so
2: this cert- tunnel actually can- looks more narrow than the last
3: Whoa, one. Whoa! That's, yeah, that's a garage. Uh, that is it, a garage. It looks almost well, like car my garage.
2: car is not going to fit through it. Um, so, I kind of want to, I, I, I want to get through it a little bit faster um, than the last one, just because this road is narrow. It makes me uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, no, that's like, it's about, what, like two or three car lengths this tunnel? and it's but it's wide enough for yeah, a a car.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What if we had almost hit a police officer like coming through this tunnel? Is there like a turn after cuz I can't see what's There's a turn this sort of after this. Oh, I see. Thank God for GPS. Um
2: so yeah.
3: Oh, sorry. What does that say uh, on that uh, there's like a there's a kind of a, a couple of very large bricks above the tunnel. Do you see what that one says in red?
2: Um don't look at me. Don't look at me. Um, Bridge.
3: That's horrific. Look at this. I can't see. I can see the road comes out the other side on the bridge, but there's a turn. There's. Oh, there's all sort of writing.
2: All of the, uh, it looks like just graffiti writing on the, uh, side rails. Um, Things. One says, "If you loved me, why do you leave me?"
3: Oh yeah, we'll go left um, to right. There's a lot of right. Don't
2: go. I can't do this on my own. Mm. Please love me. It's kind of like really emo song lyrics.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, one says, "Be kind." Where's one it? is a. Oh. it's up there oh, on the right? Well, wait. Um, the, uh,
3: there's there's one yeah. to my immediate right that you can't even see from the driver's side. It says, "Contribute to the chaos," which tonally is 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 in uh, at odds. This is, I'm genuinely concerned about getting hit by a car coming the other way. Okay, we've
2: beeped three times, and...
3: There is a rock that also says through. everyone leaves as we Oh, as we and one of through. these
2: rocks is, Whoa. like, protruding into the bridge area. I I feel like this bridge is unstable.
3: This is definitely wide enough for one car, barely.
2: Um, oh. Also, it cannot be, like... It's it's a miracle that bridge hasn't fallen down.
3: That's insane. Um,
2: so we've just gotten through the other bridge, the second bridge. So definitely felt like the bridge was gonna fall on us more yeah. than like a pig man was gonna come out.
3: Did not get pigman vibes. The the uh, emo lyrics. Um, not sure if they help it or hurt it. I don't, I know, don't know what that's about. Wow. This this road though sure is uh, is. Uh, unsettling. There's (laughs) ravines left and right. Um. Mm -hmm. Another, like, blind hairpin turn. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Murder shack. What is that?
2: Um, that looks like a trailer.
3: Wow. There are so many, like, little instances of road that, like, you can't see very far past some turn. Like, now there's a hill we're going up you can't see past the hill. And it's remarkably narrow too narrow i'm gonna to say too okay. narrow they should make more road where this road is we made it
2: to the end of the road
3: mm-hmm.
2: no incidents yep. coming okay. from this side of the bridge it doesn't look as terrifying as the other side
3: well th- this is
2: can...
0: great that's oh, just a sample
2: um apparently my my car got disconnected for a second sorry about that
3: wow uh- <laughs> that's pretty supernatural
2: from this side of the bridge, you can actually see all the way through the tunnel. It's not as terrifying, but there is no, like, uh, warning that there is a hairpin turn immediately after the tunnel.
3: Well, that, I do not see a warning of any kind about that, but also, right on the other side, it looks like you can see the guardrail for when it turns, but you can't see the turn from here, so it almost looks like you're driving into a dead end that you would arrive in on the other side of the tunnel.
2: Yeah. What is your assessment of the pigman road first time being there
3: pigman road needs to have its permits reviewed i do not think it's up to code to be a road it just seems horrendously unsafe um so that was awful i get the the creepy vibe you really do kind of feel like the only things that exist are like you and the road and these tunnels um just because of all the kind of thick foliage uh that's us while we're doing that Um, can't really see, like, once you're up to the tunnels, like, even in between them, like, it really is kind of hard to, like, see very far in any direction just because of all this stuff. But, um, it seems like the teens got to it, though, and they drew all over the bridge. And, uh, it took away a little bit. Yeah. It took away a little bit from the the creepy factor. Yeah. Having seen it, I feel less like Pigman would be there. Like, when we were on the way, I was like, it might be a Pigman. And then I was there and I was like, I don't know, I don't know that there would be a Pikmin.
2: <laughs> uh, I've I, been skeptical of the Pikmin road uh-huh. since I was a youth myself. Right. This is the field correspondent and the assistant to the field correspondent, yes. signing off.
1: Thank you so much, Tori and Mike, for being our field correspondents. I
0: really felt like I was there.
1: I did. <laughs> I really appreciated the, the humor and your description of everything that you saw. Um, it
0: sounded a lot like we do when we go. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we start to get nervous. <laughs> we start to try to be funny and make jokes.
1: Uh, But hey,
0: they're braver than I, I I told Aaron I was like, I think they're braver than I would have been because they actually honked. I'm not sure I would have had the courage to honk. Yeah,
1: we talked about it and I feel, I feel like we either would have gone at night and not honked right, or gone during the day and And honked. honked.
0: Not, but not both. Right. And they did it like at dusk (laughs) and honked. So kudos, Kudos, Tori and Mike. Kudos, Tori
1: and Mike. You know, listening to your description reminded me a lot about the road, and, and it's been a while since I've been there, but um, yeah, it, it was certainly overgrown. Those those tunnels, I think hearing hearing Mike's description of his first time at those tunnels was particularly great, because I feel like... They're so hard to describe if you haven't seen them um, that you you really just need to hear somebody be like, this is unsafe <laughs> to, to get a good understanding.
0: Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. Someone who's also never been there. I'm like, what is, why? Because this is horrendous.
1: <laughs> it, well, it is. It is. Those tunnels are, are weird. And I have literally never come across another type of road that has That.
0: Probably for good reason.
1: Yeah, honestly, <laughs> probably for good reason.
0: So we did have a bit of a discrepancy. I know we had said earlier on that the the legend was thirteen honks uh, in the car. Right, uh, I think they just did the three. So I'm not sure what the true so, legend is. Yeah, what,
1: what? I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Tori and Mike, maybe you guys missed out on Pigman because you didn't do thirteen. Didn't do thirteen. But- uh, and but for no, that, you might
0: be very thankful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought it was super interesting that none of the graffiti actually talked about the Pigman legend, because as I've mentioned, you know, it's a very prevalent myth
0: there. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm kind of surprised that none of the graffiti actually mentions it or like has anything to do with that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point too. You'd think that people would, who flock to the location for that purpose would, I mean, have
1: that on the mind.
0: I mean, I have never had the impulse to to gra- graffiti right. or something, but you think that? Some I think I might... once
1: wrote my name on a playground when I was young. Erin. I know, I'm such a <laughs> rebel. Um, you know, I I have to say I'm not all that surprised that they didn't have any kind of weird sure. experience. Uh, I I had never had really a weird experience on my visits either. So I think we can give our verdict, which is honestly honestly not not
0: haunted.
1: Thank you so much for giving us a listen, and thank you again, Tori and Mike, for being our special field correspondents. Please give us a like on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on your favorite podcatchers. Subscribe. Write in. Give us a like on Facebook. Visit our website. You know, all che- sorts of ways.
0: Check out our Facebook post from this specific podcast. Uh, we'll have uh, pictures up from the from, from everything from the story that you heard, and a few that Tori and Mike took as well. And we'll see you back again in two weeks with more Honestly Haunted.